Kia ora, I'm Vincent Herringer and welcome to This Climate Business. Every week we talk to people turning the climate crisis into opportunity. Follow us on social media and please rate the show as it helps others to find us. I hope you enjoy the programme. Next week sees the return of the Climate and Business Conference, New Zealand's most important get-together for government, business and community leaders about climate policy and action. This Climate Business is pleased to be invited to the conference and we'll hear more about it next week. But to talk about it now, I was joined by Mike Burrell, Executive Director of the Sustainable Business Council. Mike, tell us about the conference. Sure. Well, um, I look, it's going to be fantastic. And I have to admit that, uh, you know, we're only a few days out from it now and we're all getting a bit, uh, you know, pretty excited because it's been a long time coming. Um, this came out of, uh, I, I went along to the 2020 version of this, uh, which I think was the 13th, um, which EDS had been holding for over a decade. And I just thought this was fantastic. What an amazing conference. You know, mm. it was a who's who of people in, uh, in the climate area. Um, the networking opportunities were fantastic. The vibe was fantastic. And so afterwards, I just said to Gary Taylor, the, um, uh, the head of EDS, if there's any way that we could be involved, SBC or CLC could be involved in this, we'd love it. And he came back to me uh, a little bit after that. He said, actually, there is something you could do. Would you, would you like to co-host it? And that wasn't what I was expecting. Um, and I said, well, you know, why? And he said, uh, we want to take it to a broader audience. Um, we feel like uh, we've got to a, a big audience, one of the 300. We'd like to take it even further. And we think working mm-hmm. with you guys, we could do that. So that was kind of the goal. And uh, so we've hit the first goal. We're going to have well over 500 people attending over the two days. Um, we've got a limit of 500. So at any one time, we can only have 500 in the building, which is a shame because there's excess demand. I think we've got a waiting list of about 60 or 70 people now. Uh, and obviously, we've got an online component as well. It's going to be about 100 people online. So first target hit, which is a lot of people coming. Um, but then, of course, we wanted to make sure it was going to be you know, a relevant conference. A lot's changed over the last two years, as you know, and I've been following the interviews that you've been doing over the last year, and it's you know, a huge amount has changed in terms of climate. And so what we really wanted to do was be relevant to the times. And mm-hmm. so I suppose what I'm hoping to get out of this is the energy that we got last time, getting people together, and because uh, it's been a tough couple of years, let's be honest. So getting that energy is going to be important. I want people to take away two or three things that they didn't know coming into it. So the knowledge piece is important. I want them to be inspired uh, because um, we need to face face the, the, the challenges that are in front of us. But being pessimistic about that is, means we won't be able to uh, to take action. And I'm hoping that they're going to have meet some people there that are useful to their particular climate journey. So whether mm. that's whether you're in the private sector, whether in your public sector, whether you're in an NGO or, or you're an academic, that you come away from this thinking it was really worthwhile going there. I feel like I've got the connections that I need to take the next step. So that's mm. what I'm hoping to come out of it. Uh, those are good things. The context for this is important, right? In your annual report, you say that 2022 and 23 are critical years for New Zealand's climate action as we turn our bold ambition into action. And you mentioned there the Emissions Reduction Plan and the National Adaptation Plan, which are the two big policy documents, I guess, that have been sent by government. You represent business. I mean, your membership is is extensive, $188 billion in revenue. That's uh, that's a third of the economy, uh, 10% of the workforce. So actually, you know, the if the policy has been set, the action sits largely with you and your members. Is that a <laughs> – uh, 
I, I guess the question is, you know, are you happy to take that responsibility and and what's going to happen in the next few years to, as this as these plans get enacted? Yeah, I mean, it's a, I won't be I won't uh, lie and say that that does feel like quite a burden at times for all of us. <laughs> I think. But I, I would say that it's it's a shared burden. Um, there's certainly a role for business. And that's something that obviously SBC and the Climate Leaders Coalition take very seriously around leading out on that and saying, well, let's put our money where our mouth is. If we think this is important, um, then we've got to put resources into it and we've got to focus on the things that are going to have the biggest effect on mm. bending mm. that emissions curve. Yeah, mm. We have to do that. But we can't do it on our own. This is a huge, huge undertaking. And I think there's sort of three sorts of partnerships that are critical there. The first is partnerships between companies themselves. Um, individual companies just can't do this on their own. These are these are huge changes and they need to work collectively, which is why organisations like SBC and others are, are, are essential. Um, the second piece, though, is reaching across to government and saying, actually, we have to work on this together. I know, generally speaking, you know, government sets the regulations and business does its thing. But in this case here, it is such a massive task that working together is going to be critical. And we can talk a bit more about that later on. But those those meaningful partnerships where genuine resources put into actions that one or other parties, government or business by themselves, couldn't do. Um, but the third piece in this is really activating New Zealand society because mm. um, I think there has been a sense that before there was a sense of, is this real? Then there became a sense of, well, it's far too big and it's beyond what we can do in New Zealand. And now I think there's a sense of, oh, that's under control. That's under control. There's good people. They're on it. They're, getting, they're making this happen. Mm-hmm. And to them, I would say, no, we're trying, um, but it's going to take efforts uh, well beyond what just business and, uh, and government can do. You as a consumer are going to have to make choices that drive um, you know, decisions that companies make in a certain direction. You as voters are going to have to make choices that ensure that all parties are held to account and, and take action. So having a, a mobilised um, citizenry is really important on this. So, mm. so we're not alone, but sometimes I think people do feel like they're on their own, which is why conferences like this are so important to say mm. you're not on your own. You know, it's interesting that um, there does seem to be much greater alignment between the, I suppose, the major forces in society, business, community leaders, government around what needs to, well, at least where the targets sit. It's the actions and the plan to get there, isn't there, that that is still, it's so difficult. And let's just take a, I don't know, let's take an issue which is going to be considered in the conference around transport, for instance. We know that Auckland carries a huge uh, responsibility for transport. What's the role in business in mitigating uh, and offsetting and transitioning around transport? What do you think could come out of the conference around transport? Oh, well, I think you know transport's the first cab off the rank, so if you'll excuse the expression, isn't it? When you think about um, mitigation, it's it's the, the area where we can, um, that and process heat, where we can bend the curve the fastest. So I suppose the role of government first is to look to themselves to say, how do we reduce our emissions as a company? And you see that within our membership all the time, companies trying to move towards lower emitting vehicles or no vehicles at all. Um, you know, we've got a freight group, for example, that's working, that's worked out a pathway to uh, net zero by uh, 2050. That, that means taking individual responsibility as, a, as companies, but also mm. working together as companies um, to work out well, what would that pathway look like? 
across the different kinds of freight that you have. Now, luckily for us, that's been picked up by government in the ERP, the Emissions Reduction Plan, and you can see that in there. A lot of that work has worked mm. in that group did and, uh, and did in, in consultation with uh, the Ministry of Transport. So that's a sort of a, a collective action approach to how business might might deal with freight, which is a huge area. Um, a more sort of, I suppose, um, close to home area would be in the area of transitioning away from um, a high emitting uh, personal vehicles to low emitting and ultimately zero emitting vehicles. And that's why we're actively involved in the uh, advisory group to um, Minister Wood on what um, the process needs to be to get us to a, a much greater uptake of uh, electric vehicles. So on that one there, for example, we're saying it makes sense for business and government to work together on what um, a plan would look like for putting in place charging infrastructure all around New Zealand, not just the infrastructure itself, but the energy required to to power that infrastructure. Hmm. Uh, we're saying that's as big a deal as it was way back in the day when New Zealand first put uh, electricity through New Zealand hmm. in the 1930s to 60s. It's as big a deal as it was when we went to broadband. It's as big a deal as when we put in place all of those cell towers for um, for the phones that we take, into, uh, take for granted now. And that means we need to take a similar approach. It needs to be a joined-up government approach where the relevant government departments get together to set out what those plans are going to be. And they really need to be listening to communities and to business about where that charging needs to happen, what kind of charging it needs to be, the standards that need to be there so that it's all interoperable and making sure that it's a, that it's smart infrastructure so that we're not putting a, a detrimental load at one particular time. We, we even that, 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 that draw down over, over a period of, uh, of the day. So, um, so there's a lot of work that can be done practically um, between business and government to make those things happen. And then obviously by business themselves, by continuing to drive their own emissions and transport down. You talked about Auckland Council. They're critical, of course, because as the largest council and with the largest concentration of people, um, what they do in public transport is really critical on this. And that's why you know we're, um, Auckland Council actually is an associate member of SBC, and they've been part of the dialogue around, well, how do we, how do we make sure that we design cities that are more walkable, where it's easier to use public transport, that it's easier when you do use your vehicle to be able to drop it somewhere and then walk about so that you're not driving all over the place, making sensible decisions about getting those emissions down. And so we were really pleased to see those announcements that they made around their emissions reduction plan and keen to sort of drive through on those. They have to be practical and implementable, but they've got to be fast because we, mm. you know, we've, we're, we're on a timer here. Yeah. <laughs> the comparison with the UFB is a good one, isn't it? And, uh, you know, one of the cool things about that comparison is that there was plenty of opportunity for entrepreneurship, for innovation, for seeing an upside uh, in laying out a network. And if you made the comparison with laying a, a, a charging network, there must be great opportunities for people to get up and go and companies that want to invest in, in innovation. Is that kind of part of your role is to sketch out what those green opportunities are? Vincent, 100%. Look, I think too often we frame this around the negativity, around the challenges, not enough around the opportunities. I mean, if you start thinking about what we're talking about here, we're talking about moving ourselves beyond a whole lot of 19th century and 20th century uh, technologies and embracing 21st technologies, whether that's on the energy generation side and energy distribution side, mm -hmm. you know, moving away from coal towards, you know, towards electricity and uh, and making sure that that's uh, generated in a renewable way, you know, driving really fun vehicles that have got 
heaps that happen are interesting uh, to drive that happen to have different transmission types, you know, whether that's hybrids, uh, whether that's uh, full electric or whether that's moving towards uh, hydrogen. Um, and, you know, this is an exciting world we're talking about. I, I think about, you know, the, the, the early part of the 20th century where there was so much optimism about what humans were capable of doing using technology, using all of this innovation that we've you know, got within our DNA. Mm. And we've kind of become very pessimistic creatures, I think, over the last decade or so. I want to capture some of that optimism, not, and not in a false way, not to say that these aren't huge challenges. They really are. But it really is within our means to be able to deal with most of them because most of them are human-generated. We turned them on. We can turn them off. We just have to find alternatives to how we can turn them off with, you know, without harming ourselves as a, a you know, as a species. Um, so I'm very optimistic about that, and I think um, that's where, as you say, entrepreneurs' innovation has its role because many of these ideas are going to come from people that we haven't even heard of before, who are going to come up with new battery technologies. There's some really exciting battery technologies coming through now. You know, all of these different uh, areas. But the tech fix is not going to be the only solution here. We're going to have to do other things as well. Behaviour change comes in here. You know, we've just been able to take more and more and more and more throughout our lifetimes. I think you and I are probably similar vintage. Um, and, uh, you know, in our lifetimes, you know, our own personal consumption has gone through the roof. Um, we have to take responsibility for finding ways to reduce that consumption on a per capita level. It's just not sustainable. And that's mm. so technology has a role to play, but so too the choices that we make as individuals and as a society. Mm. Um, Mike, we, we're not going to have time to um, go into depth because uh, we're, we're going to do that after the event and looking forward to that. But um, just give us some, what are you personally looking forward to at the event? Are there any sessions that you especially uh, want to attend? Well, this is the problem. I want to attend them all, to be honest. <laughs> uh, when we first put this together, we swore that we were going to have parallel sessions, but there was just too much to get in in two days, to be honest. And even then, um, there were a whole lot of sessions that we wanted to put in and we just didn't have space. So next year, I think you're going to see a whole lot of other things coming in. Um, for me, I'm really interested in hearing um, those opening words that some of our leaders, uh, Prime Minister is going to speak, and we're going to have some international experts speaking in, those, in that sort of scene-setting piece at the beginning. I'll be interested to hear... That, obviously, I'm a bit biased. The session that I happen to be chairing uh, on business, I think, will be a really stimulating one, and I hope that people will will find some um, some interesting uh, insights coming out of that. Um, some of the more technical sessions on day two, I think, are going to be fascinating. Um, there's a great one in energy, another really good one, uh, looking at transport. This, this, mm. The agriculture one, I think, will be interesting as well. Um, it is hard to pick. Um, and, of course, um, one of the things we wanted to do with this conference was leave lots of space for people to do where a lot of the value in these things is, which is networking, sitting mm. down, talking to people, everything else. So apologies in advance. It will mean that in doing so, you might miss a thing or two. But um, we're using a, a phone app, which people can go in, they can select the things they want to go to, reminders will come up, etc. So there's ways of doing that. A lot of the stuff will be recorded, particularly the big, uh, some of the bigger sessions. So you will be able mm -hmm. to watch that and of course it's being all of it's being streamed as well um yeah but it is going to be a challenge to pick out one or two things i have to say um pause the ticket sales have closed for physical attendance how do people uh register for the streaming content sure so that if they just put uh, climate change and business conference into google and it'll take them to the place there and there's uh, on there there's a place that they can register or they can go to the spc or clc websites or the eds website 
it's all on there, um, and then they can just register and away they go. It's um, and you can choose to either just if, if it's one particular day you're interested in, you can just register for one day, or you can register for the both. Fantastic, Mike. Thanks so much for your mahi in this regard. These conferences are really critical to um, continue to push the agenda. I look forward to seeing you on Monday, and um, thanks for joining the show. And we'll see you after the conference to talk about all the things that were discussed. Sounds great, Vincent. Looking forward to it. Thanks for listening to This Climate Business. If you like the show, please rate us as it helps others to find us. Ka kiti anō.